okay. fine, brother. We got we shit. Podcast. A lot of podcasts don't ever make it past the first need three or four episodes. We're done with <laughs> that. True. We're we did that shit. Right now. Welcome. Who, who can count, who can count to nine in Spanish? That's what I want to know. Can. Uh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> was that was that ten or like a K? count to what (laughs) i can't count to 10 in english brother bro i can count to like a thousand in spanish i'm fucking phenomenal well actually 10 is easy because that's how many fingers i got but once i get past 10 then it starts oh shit (laughs) i gotta start pulling out the. once i start putting fingers down again then it's like oh (laughs) shit i start losing track like oh fuck where'd that one go Okay. Love it. Hell yeah. Well, I love it, man. What's going on, guys? Bringing back a Brett Espion Valentine to talk today a little bit about competitive FPS shooters. Uh, something we wanted to kind of touch on. We got a lot of opinions for. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. This is, yeah. um, is going to be a good one. It's going to be, although I say that for like every episode, but yeah, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> It's going to be different from the last one, I swear. They're all good ones, you know? Uh, They're all beautiful ones, honestly. You can't can't just choose one. No. You got to listen. If you're going to listen to a fucking XP share episode, you got to listen to every single one of them. Yeah. You do. Otherwise, you're breaking the rules. Fuck yeah. Yeah, the the first one we had, uh, Espion Valentine on, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, so myself, J-Dogging, and Kyle, we have... Uh, a very interesting spectrum of games that we enjoy but fps games have always been my my favorite so it's it, this is one of those things man when we start talking to these games like i i know i i get it the podcast is only an hour you know hours and change this and this could be like a three hour episode <laughs> if we Dude, let it. i feel i could sit here and talk about this one thing for i mean literally an entire day mm-hmm. i don't have that in my mind 100 100 percent Let's kick let's it get off. started. Let's yeah. Let's not waste any time. Let's just get straight to it. So, <laughs> like, fuck, bro. Let's go already. <laughs> Brett, Brett um, kind of came up with most of it. Um, kind of uh, more or less <laughs> dictating our episode, which is awesome, actually. Yeah. We'll <laughs> so take it. I am. I'm just down to cover all of this. Um, starting with Call of Duty, I guess. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about the current Call of Duty scene? Going back to, uh, I also want to touch on the um, the difference between the rise of Warzone competitive and Arena competitive. I don't want to be the first to say my opinion, but I do want to be the first to say that I think my opinion is going to be pretty different from most people here, and I, I want to see if that's true. So I, I got to hear what you guys have to say. Well, I mean, can we hear from can we hear from Espion? Uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess there's. I don't think there's been a uh, good competitive Call of Duty multiplayer in probably like four or five years. Okay, so, starting off strong. <laughs> starting off strong. All right. It's a, it, it, like it's there are some elements of them sure that are like it's all right, but like it really doesn't have the magic that it once had. They. Uh, are pretty notorious for not at all listening to anything anyone in their community says about any of their games. Um, and there's, a, I think the main reason for that is because of Warzone, as we pretty mentioned. They're 
clearly more focused on trying to make Warzone this big thing that I think they're their actual team-based shooting content, which what built Call of Duty to be what it is, is kind of taking the back burner, and I don't think they really focus on it much. Um, I feel like yeah, they I, haven't had, I don't like, think there's good, much. I feel like they haven't had a good, like, arena since, like, was it 4 with the wall running? And four was all right, I guess, but it, it uh, didn't Black, like. Black Ops had wall running. Well, well, Infinite Warfare was the last game of the last game with wall uh, running. I'm gonna put. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and Black Sorry. Ops Black Ops Three is way above Infinite Warfare for sure. What do you guys I, think is the last good Call of Duty game, in your opinion, in terms of like being a just just a good game? Black the community would say Cold War. If really, the community would say that. The community would definitely say Cold War, but the fucked up thing about that is, it's because they they brought Black Ops Two maps back into Cold War. That's <laughs> yeah, the reason why they would figure. say Cold War was the last good game, because they everyone's <laughs> gonna say that their favorite maps from Cold War were Standoff and Raid. Hello, bitch. Yeah. Those are Black Ops Two maps. <laughs> <laughs> two, well, two of the best, like three Black Ops Two maps on top of it. So. Yeah, two two of the best maps in Call in Call of Duty history, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. In my opinion, the last great Call of Duty game was Black Ops Three. Uh, wow, well, you could say Black Ops Four though. Black Ops Four actually wasn't bad. Black Ops Four wasn't bad, and they had Blackout, which is also, well, in my opinion, better than Warzone. So you yeah, could say hundred percent. Are we talking about <laughs> yeah. how we think it was fun, or specifically yeah. how good the competitive scene, or was it worth playing competitive? I should say. Because I'm saying both. If we're just saying fun, then yeah, Black Ops 4, definitely up there, because I don't even like Battle Royale games, but something about dropping a firing range and Blackout um, was... <laughs> it got the adrenaline I would pumping. win firing range every single time, and then immediately <laughs> die to a sniper after, but I would win firing <laughs> range <laughs> every time. Um, but like from a competitive standpoint, I think the last time I even remotely cared about COD Esports probably was Black Ops 3. and. That was when they started switching to PlayStation, so I wasn't uh, completely on that train right away because I was like, you know, broke. So, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I still played competitive, but it was like, no, none of the good players are even on Xbox. This doesn't even matter anymore. Um, and then that started my descent down the. I don't <laughs> play anymore, but. Um, then a point. fun Black Ops Four definitely had fun. Um, Cold War was fun, but of course, as you said, it was because it sort of felt like Black Ops, but different. And it, I think it was more fun because of my nostalgia than actually being a good game. But <laughs> That's honestly what it is. Anyone who says that Cold War on its own was a great game is lying. Dude, it's, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was good. <laughs> I thought it was good. And I'm going to tell you something, too, right now. I thought Modern Warfare 2019 was great. Oh, I did too. I thought Modern Warfare 2, the one we got right now, I think that was a great step. My only problem with the... Okay, so my only... Modern Warfare 2019 and Modern Warfare 2 could be some of the best games they've ever made. Because first off, if you if you haven't played the campaign, you're smoking dick. The campaign True. is fucking campaign amazing. Fire. You need to play it. Campaign is it's like a movie. You have to play the campaign. Yep. That starting mission games. in 2, man, where you fucking yeah. walk up is... I think it was Ghost, and you just blow that car up. 
I mean, that, that <laughs> shit left my jaw agape for a solid 15 minutes. I, honestly, and, and you're kind of going against, like, the cartel in Black Ops. I'm sorry, in Modern Warfare 2. Like, when you're, when you're, when you're crossing the border from Mexico into the, in, into the U.S. because you're chasing, Yo. uh, chasing some bad guys, and, like, you just start this shootout in the middle of the night. And it's Anyways, I'm not, I'm not going to go too deep <laughs> into it. Play both of those campaigns. Modern Warfare 2019, 2022, amazing campaigns. Now, the multiplayer maps, dog shit. <laughs> fucking terrible. Oh my god, they suck. And that's what makes the multiplayers it it's 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 not so fun anymore. If you it's history has told us with Call of Duty that when you have good maps, you have a good game. True. Because everyone's favorite Call of Duty games are the games that had the, the best maps. Black Ops 2 is an example. Black Ops 1. These games had some of the best maps. Modern Warfare 2 had great maps too. So I I mean, yeah. I don't know. They, I, I get that they're they're trying to do this. We want our maps to feel real and, and we want them to feel practical. That's cool. Shut up. Give us three uh, lanes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not why we play Call of Duty. Call of Duty is shooter. We want to run forward with our heads cut off and just shooting everything that is envisioned exactly. as possible. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> we, here's a, here's we want the thing: like big middle area, two alternate paths, and that's, exactly. that's it. We don't exactly. <laughs> it's such an easy formula. They've been doing it, and then they're like, you know what? Let's try some new shit. So we got <laughs> jetpacks now, and then they got rid of jetpacks, yeah. but they didn't get rid of the stupid ass maps. So like I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be honest. If I you, feel like Call of Duty's got an identity crisis. Yeah. It kind of <laughs> does, man. If you, if you really break Call of Duty down, like the 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 most popular game mode to all Call of Duty players, sweaty or not sweaty, is Hardpoint. That's every that's every Call of Duty gamer's favorite multiplayer mode because Hardpoint it's it's a respawn game mode and it's, and it's all about one thing, which is map control. That's that that's it's the one thing that makes Hardpoint enjoyable winnable for every team whoever controls the map wins the game and in call of so so with that being said if hardpoint is the most popular game mode it 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 behooves you to make maps where one team can have control over the other team if 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 your maps are are asymmetrical and <laughs> they're like 35 different ways to catch players on a cross or or or, or to hold an angle the, the game it's it's no longer competitive it's it's just hey who gets lucky hopefully i got lucky i caught you first before you caught me now i win you know it's that, that's not that, that that doesn't breed anything competitive uh therefore like the the, the just the maps just aren't what they used to be Every map that players enjoy in any Call of Duty game since Black Ops 2 are all maps that are good for hardpoint. Just go back and look at it. They're all all the all of everyone's favorite maps are all good hardpoint maps. Therefore, they're players' favorites. So just make three lane maps that are symmetrical. It it, it, I mean, it seems so. You would think it's simple, <laughs> but for some reason, reason that ghost fucking sucked. Was that? Oh my all, god, their they, maps were all <laughs> terrible for every. There was like. Three good search and destroy maps, and then maybe I'm, that's two. Probably no, you're right. Three, <laughs> and then if you like, is like the, I don't want to walk forward and have to worry about like a, eight different angles I could possibly get shot from it. It's not moment. fun. It's just it's it's completely random. <laughs> like, yeah, 
Like there, there is a middle ground. You don't want it to be too isolated where like it's easy to spawn kill and like it's it's too easy to hold that objective. But like two to three angles at any given time should be like a a limit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It with, with ghost uh, every anyone who's involved in that in the COD scene will tell you that ghost is an S and D game. It's not a hard point game at any for any reason. It's an S and D game because like a lot of their good maps were good for search and destroy. Therefore, it's just a game that you get on when you want to play S and D. No one's playing hard point or blitz. Actually, I don't think hard point was a game mode on on uh, on Ghost. It was just it was domination, blitz, and then search and destroy. So even worse. I was um, actually just yeah. thinking that. I was like, wasn't there a Call of Duty that legit didn't even have hard point? Yeah, it was Ghost yeah. for sure. I'm gonna be honest too. If you want to play Search and Destroy, why the fuck aren't you playing something like Valorant, like CS:GO? Those games are literally entirely Search and Destroy. True. They're built around that shit. I know they play different. True. Like you know, it's a different type of shooting. It's it's a whole different kind of game almost. But like, if you want that Search and Destroy experience, even if the shooting is different, it doesn't get better than those. So they're literally built around that game mode. That shit does it. It doesn't. I don't even yeah. think that it works in Call of Duty, but I don't think it works as good. I think hard point is like the good middle ground. Yeah. Hard point is the best mode for, for Call of Duty. And as far as search and destroy is concerned, the best game to play for search and destroy is possible is one of the oldest. It's COD 4. COD 4 had the, the best S and D maps uh, uh, by far. Crossfire, great S and D map. Crash, great S and D map. Strike, great S and D map. Backlot, great S and D map. God, I, miss <laughs> I mean, brother. I mean, those they they had the best S and D maps on that game, which is ironic because it's the oldest game. And if you think if you think about when Infinite Warfare came out, God, like Modern Warfare Remastered was more was more popular. Nick Murph was playing it. T was Fuck playing Nick it. Murph, brother, fuck that guy. Like, a lot of a lot of the, the 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 big streamers who are who are big now were playing that game, and a lot of people. Good, fair point, Kyle. But <laughs> a lot of people who kind of like rise to popularity now were playing S and D in that game. I mean, like, COD Four was very strategic. It it wasn't about who's gonna who's the most cracked and who can you know like can 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 jump around corners or 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 slide slide cancel around corners. It was about strategy. You know, it was about playing off of your teammates. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't know the the direction that the game is going in now, but we got they they kind of need to take a step back and rethink things because the game could be amazing if you would just slow the fuck down for a second. Like, <laughs> stop with the realistic maps, man. That, like, that's the first thing for me. Stop with the realistic maps, please. Yeah. We don't care about that. <laughs> we want our we want an arcade shooter. Point that like some and I have pretty good vision that all things considered, <laughs> but. It gets to the point where on certain Call of Duty maps, I cannot figure out where the fuck I'm getting shot from sometimes. Like, yeah! I, it's visibility's like, hard as fuck, man. In Modern you had a huge visibility problem on launch, and I think yeah. that's part of what hurt it really bad. It's like, I like, is that a guy? Oh, it's a traffic cone. Or like, I don't know. Like, it could be anything. I don't fucking <laughs> have no clue. <laughs> like, it's, a... it's like, why is that gun walking around? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's that so fucking true. just shoot at me? It's like, it just, I... I cannot visual. I don't want to play Call of Duty because it just frustrates me that I just physically cannot see where anyone is at any given time. And then it's half the time you're, they have a lot of like just 
should be easy fixes, like things like your ally could run by, but for some reason their little logo or name doesn't pop up. So you're like, oh, is that an enemy? And then you can't tell, and then you look at them, and then you get shot from the left where you should have been God. watching the whole time. So it's I like, hate <laughs> <him>. <laughs> so bad. like that. That isn't yeah. an issue when the visuals don't. Uh, the visuals don't need to be realistic. They just need to work for a fast-paced game, and they. Uh, I don't know. They don't. I think I think the realism partially because again they focus primarily on Warzone, um, and they want to have that surprise factor in certain elements. Because in a battle royale, that makes more sense. But they want to make them the same game, the same engine, but it they don't operate the same way. So that's not a good way to go about it. I just point. don't understand what caused them to kind of go in this direction that they're going, as far as. You just starting with like advanced warfare and then moving on from that it's like it's, has anybody enjoyed the last like five six call of duties me yeah really? definitely well honestly, besides like, over 2019 was amazing i like 2019 i mean honestly i liked them all i really like cold war because i thought in terms of like how it felt to play it felt the best um 2019 gorgeous game i think i really like well, the thing that I like about them, it, I haven't given a shit about competitive in Call of Duty since Black Ops 2. Sure. I haven't given a shit. Black Ops 2 was the peak. I don't think they'll ever get back to it, especially considering it looks like COD League is on the way out, along with Overwatch League, because they're, they're yeah, by the same, yeah. you know, part of Activision Blizzard. I don't give a fuck. They haven't, they haven't even invested in good league play since then. There has not been a fucking league play system that beat Black Ops 2, and that's a fact. That's yeah. just a fact. I mean, I mean they, opinion, they've come close, like Black Ops 3, you know, <laughs> Black Ops wasn't too bad. But, like, especially once you get out of the Black Ops games, there ain't shit. League play they got right now is fucking awful. I loaded that game up so excited for it. I got hyped for the first time since, and I was like, this is going to be great. I got into it, played a couple matches, and never went back. In fact, I think I uninstalled the game after that. I was so disheartened by how shitty it was. So yeah. when I say I enjoyed these last Call of Duty games, I don't mean from a, from a competitive, like... Uh, playing my best standpoint i mean the guns look great they sound great yeah. you know the campaigns were dope um they're really nice if you want to just load in with a couple friends and go play some D tdm or some hard point um you know i've had some fun in warzone a little bit the warzone pisses me off in itself um it, it's a good casual fps game now and that's that's where i'm coming from i you know from, yeah. from a competitive standpoint fuck no fuck no I think the the big topic for the that casual mindset though, which I don't even personally agree with, I'm absolutely the minority here. But they won't take out skill based matchmaking, um, which makes it so that it is a little harder to just casually play these games because if you're doing yep. well, you're going to play against <clears throat> other good players. Yep. I, on the other hand, don't think that's a bad thing. Um, everyone hates fucking skill based matchmaking, but to me it makes sense because. I have played other games where I get thrown into a game I've never played before and I'm just getting fucking shit on by like people who've played for thousands of hours and have everything unlocked and all this stuff. And it's like, is that really more fun than playing other people around your same skill level? <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. I, I would rather play against people around my level because that's the only way I'm going to get better. If you're getting completely slaughtered, you don't learn anything from that. You just learn that they got better shit than me. But we can talk about 
SBMM all day, right? Like that, we yeah. could do a whole episode on that. I personally think though, when I'm playing Call of Duty, I don't give a fuck about getting better. I don't care. Well, uh, that's not why I play that game. Because, like I said, if, you if talk you're trying shit. to go comp, you're trying to do league play, whatever. Yeah, fuck yeah, get better, do it's, it, commit yourself. But like, if I'm these days, if I'm trying to play a competitive FPS game, it's not going to be Call of Duty. I'm gonna go play csgo valorant siege i'm gonna go play fucking you know even something like apex legends maybe Uh, definitely not fucking call of duty that's for sure so skill-based matchmaking i think is a really to to compress it down so we don't spend an hour talking about it i think it's a really interesting problem because i think it depends on the game um call of duty is really interesting because every call of duty title even past its life cycle, is going to have a massive group of people playing it. I mean, you can go back to the last two or three Call of Duty titles, and there are still enough people to fill lobbies instantly all day. And because of that, I feel like if you have something like uh, like a connection-based matchmaking as opposed to skill-based, I think you can have a good time. Because you will have games where you get shit on, but you're also going to have games where you get a lot of shitters because Call of Duty's full of those fucking dads that come home and play games after they're nine to five and they, you know, you can shit on those guys and they hate it. And then they can get into another game and shit on the fucking, you know, people worse than whatever. But if you're playing a game, that's got a lean player base, I I think skill-based matchmaking is needed there because that shit sucks. You will get put into lobbies with these people that for some reason decided to put 10,000 hours into a shitty little game with, you know, fucking less than a thousand people playing it. And it, it suddenly you're getting shut out um i don't know i think it differs fair enough i I think the issue i have with it is more so or with 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 the lack of it i should say is just the how unfair the loadout system can be for people who have played for thousands of hours versus a new player because in older call of duties you get a gun that gun worked regardless of what site or thing you put on it and um versus in today's call of duties if you don't have this very specific seven attachments on your weapon god man. it's just gonna not bounce it's not that as way. Good. that's true and you just lose to it so like it i even if you're playing from a or even if we didn't have skill-based matchmaking um it, sometimes it would just not be possible with the way their game engine works to to win yeah. or to beat anyone because they just got better stuff. True, and, I hate that man. And I it, really it's do. True. That's one That's thing about point. Black Ops One I liked a lot is that like you would get to a level to unlock a weapon, but you would use the credits to buy one to buy the attachments, yeah. one attachment, <laughs> yeah. and you could just have that attachment right away. So very like, true. It makes it so that it, you feel rewarded for getting to this level, but also. Now I don't have to spend another 15, 20 hours to just get to the attachment I want to then maybe have a fighting chance, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and and the attachments in Black Ops 1 weren't nearly as, like, uh, Impactful. polarizing. But, <laughs> yeah. but still, like, it just... I, I don't even like the fact that we have 72 levels on a gun. I think that's fucking stupid. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have enough time in the day to even yep. unlock that much for one gun, let alone all of them. Yeah, <laughs> man. Guns have like 50 plus levels on them. You're like, I, I, how long do I have to play to unlock, you know, the, yep. the, the little tiny foregrip that I want that's going to actually oh. let, like, let me shit on people. 
that's the thing. Oh my god! Cod that I actually hate it, and I I think it's an interesting concept, but I don't want to level up seven different guns just to get the one attachment I want on the gun yeah. I'm actually using. True, uh, true. Like they want you to try out different weapons, but like I'll do that on my time. You know, <laughs> I think it's a byproduct of of. I mean, we've talked about the game industry being shitty and the ways it's gone downhill in a bunch of episodes since we started. I think this this huge trail of unlockable shit on a gun is one of the worst parts of big triple a like live service games these days and it's that they need to put things in that keep people coming back you know call of duty comes out and it's got this infamous problem where a huge chunk of the player base will start off playing it and a month later they're not and so activision will look at that and they'll say hey how the fuck do we keep people coming and the answer to that is progression which is why every single game has a million new ways to progress through shit and if the gun is good base and then the other stuff just changes the way you play with it, it's not going to keep people coming back trying to unlock shit on a gun because then it's not it's not crazy. You're like, oh, fuck, that specific silencer gives the best perks on this gun. I need it to be meta to perform whatever. And so you're going to spend those hours trying to unlock that shit. Whereas if it were just like, oh, well, this gives me the opportunity to play in a stealthier way or this you know gives me a little bit more handling but not a game breaking amount at that point it's it's a it's a cool afterthought right which i think is in terms of game health where it should be but it's never going to be that way because they need to keep you brainwashed they need to keep you attached to the game until the next one comes out true and i think it's awful that that business side of it works well on free-to-play games yeah um but when you're Call of Duty and you have record-breaking sales, no matter how shit your game is, <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter anymore. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, man. It, the the strategy though. to make your game and want people to play it is to just make it fun, make it good. I, and I they know, man. haven't done that for years. <laughs> I, I think that if, <laughs> they, if they attach themselves to this strat for so long, the numbers got to say otherwise. They got to have some sort of internal data. because. Think about it. Activision and Call of Duty, that game hasn't had feeling in it in years. No one's poured heart yeah. and soul into that game since, I mean, we all know, yeah. since fucking way back when. And so these games are, they're data-driven. They're, they're capitalistic, number-crunching hellscapes. They're fucking, you know, it's, it's all the shit people are going to love. And if they're still doing it to this day, they must have some sort of data that says that, you know, fuck it. Like, this is... This is the minimal amount we can put into a game while still making hella bank. And that they must have calculated that doing more is not going to pull more people in. Uh -huh. This is true. And I say that because th there are more casual players than there are competitive. True. You know, my, my brother, my brother still plays Call of Duty to this day. And when he plays it, it's just like, eh, I'm playing Call of Duty. <laughs> when I play it, I'm like, this shit's bro it's like it used to be but for my brother it's bro it's call of duty they got guns i can shoot people i can talk shit when i kill people it's what it's what people want on a there are there are just people who don't care and my brother doesn't know anything about competitive call of duty he doesn't know who scomp is he yeah. doesn't give a shit who scomp is but he knows what that m4 is you know with the attachments that this youtuber uses for his you know for his youtube shorts yeah. So, you know, there well, are more casual players. Exactly. Right. <laughs> there are more casual players and there are competitive. Therefore, Activision, they're, you know, it, like, obviously they want to please competitive as much as they can. 
But at the end of the day, they're making a game for casual shooters. They're also and it sucks. But if, if it wasn't, if the thing, I mean, obviously it's a business and they want to rake in as much money as possible. That's yes, that's the, the main thing behind it. But as far as there's no way they think it's actually better for the game's health long term. Well, they don't. They don't care about <laughs> the game's health. No, that's the I, thing. No, I know, and that's because they make a new one every year, so they're like, yeah. oh, it'll sell again. But like. That's the difference of like some developers actually wanting to make a game that people enjoy versus this oh, will yeah. give me money, you know. And it, it that's why I've drifted away from Call of Duty for the last however many years. Yeah, like yeah. they're not terrible games; they're all right. No, but they're good casually. That's it. Just, I mean, casually they just they are. lack that magic that made me actually want to play the game and be excited. Yes. I haven't been excited for a new Call of Duty to come out in I don't know how many fucking years. Yeah. Yep. Um, then I'll probably end up buying it again because I'm a fucking idiot. But, you know, I, oh, I want to. <laughs> no, well, here's the thing, though. Again, like I mentioned earlier, they let the, the Model Warfare, Model Warfare, Model Warfare 2 campaigns were great. When yeah. I bought Model Warfare 2 last year, Apex will tell you, I told him, he was like, oh, you're going to buy Call of Duty? I was like, bro, if this campaign is like the last one, I'm 100% buying it. Because they were, it's like a movie. Like 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 Kevin Gates say that bitch that bitch a movie. It was a <laughs> it's a fucking movie, man. The campaigns really are that good. I yep. do think it's worth the buy. Good, and man. and I spent a good amount of hours playing multiplayer in Modern Warfare Two. I probably put like a hundred hours in the multiplayer, not a lot, yep. but it was enough for me to like feel comfortable and feel like all right, I'm shitting on kids. All right, it's it's, it's you know it's per usual. I, you know, I'm yep. still I'm still that guy. People still call me the N-word in every other lobby. Like it feels like Call of Duty. I it's love it. Cod magic. You know? Hell yeah. But it's, it's not casual, yeah, brother. Exactly. It's casual. It's still what Call of Duty's essence is. For me, for going forward, it's going to be if this campaign is going to be lit. By the way, Modern Warfare 3 campaign, they're bringing back Makarov from Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. Who the fuck wouldn't want to like battle against Makarov again? I do. Dude. So I all so the I'm gonna buy it. Three maps getting remastered, <laughs> brought in, remade. I love that. I love that so much. I'm buying I right mean, into it immediately. And the thing I'm buying is, right into it. Yeah, and I I don't love this approach to a lot of different games, but I know a lot of people will assign like value per hours to games about like whether it's worth it. I know a lot of people that'll say, you know what? If I just say a, a dollar an hour of entertainment, then I'm good. If I get enough hours for what I paid out of it. I will absolutely get the $60, $70, I'm going to pay for Call of Duty out of it. Even if I don't get much more than that, I think that's great. I, I think it was worth it. And again, it, it, if I looked towards it as this, like, if I really loved competitive Call of Duty and I was thinking, you know what, maybe this will be the one. Every new game that came out, if I had hope that it, they were going to bring it back, I, I wouldn't want to play it. I wouldn't. Because, sure. I mean, you're just getting disappointed game after game. But that's the thing is, I think we need to accept that Call of Duty is not ever going to be a competitive game like it once was. Sure. I don't think it is, because I, I think Activision at some point realized that the competitive part of Call of Duty is not what sells. So that's small. It. Yeah, so small. I mean, it, it's, it's a beautiful little scene. I love it. You know, you don't get any sort of gameplay quite like Call of Duty anywhere else. Uh, but I, I think the future of competitive Call of Duty is all either going to be medium to small scale, or it's going to be you know community shit it's not going to be sanctioned by activision um yeah and it's i mean that's a, that's a sad thing to say that's a sad future but I, I think it's the case and you know buying the game for campaigns for casual multiplayer with friends you know fucking take an edible load into some call of duty i mean that that shit's still fire it's still fun i could do it right now and have a good time but 
it's it's not the same. Yeah, you know, I think this is a, a a good transition to you know one of the the following questions that that we had with this is the impact of like loadouts versus versus skins. So we had some Call of Duties where you know you had your specialists like Black Ops Three, for example, or even Black Ops Four, right? Um, and 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 maybe you can even throw in Siege in this discussion as well, because Siege has different characters that have different abilities. Um, the thing is that there are some like skins that you can throw in with these different characters, and they're cool. People buy the skins, they like them and whatnot. I buy the shit out of the skins, man. I yeah, of course. I got a problem. In the Siege community, in the in the Siege competitive community, people complained yep. about the skins. Because you can't tell who that character is if the if you're using the the Christmas special skin that they created. Like uh, I want to I want to say it was a uh, lion, a lion and Ella were two of the characters that real people really complained about because some of their skins were so different, or they made the or those skins would make them look like other siege mm-hmm. characters. Therefore, you would call out the wrong person. Yeah. So. I, I mean, how do you guys feel about, uh, you know, about skins with specialists, loadouts, you know, should, should games focus on just, uh, you know, should, should games stray away from skins or should we keep skins? Like, what, 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 are, what are you guys' thoughts? I don't, I don't think we should ever stray away from skins, but uh, I think it depends on the game mostly. And Siege, I could see that being a bigger problem because they're all just dudes at the end of the day. <laughs> Um, in games like your Overwatch or whatever, like it's very clear to tell who the fuck is Roadhog and and who is a, like Mercy. Like they're not, they are not anatomically the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. A skin issue that varies, and then obviously you know Call of Duty, even way back in the day, uh, Valor and etc. Have your gun weapon skins, which that doesn't really impact gameplay at all. Yeah. Um, so those skins are fine. As far as a loadout versus specialist thing, um, I don't think it always matters, but I think it can matter. Uh, I think, obviously, in, in a game like Black Ops 3, your what squad you pick, it's like it's like almost a hero shooter, but it's still everyone has the same guns, so or the same way to kill. Just it's more like you have different utility most of the time. Um, yeah. So that I. As far as which one's better, I don't have a real answer. But um, from a Call of Duty point, at least, I prefer when everyone is has a level playing field and we just pick our guns and whoever's the best person at gun wins. Um, yeah. Just from a competitive standpoint, at least. Um, but specials are fun. I remember the first time I was able to see everyone through walls with fucking Black Ops 3. Um, <laughs> yeah, Outrider. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah the vision again, pulls. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's, it's fun, but I don't know if it's better for competitive. And then there's also even, like, Black Ops 1 didn't have specialists, but depending on which first perk you had, your character would look different, so you would know right away, oh, they have a ghost person or a lightweight person or scavenger or whatever. Um, that isn't always impactful, but if you know they got lightweight on, you know that they can just jump off a cliff and be fine, kind of thing. Um, yeah. 
say it, it could, but um, in, in games like I'm kind of branching in a lot of different angles, and then I'll be done with that. But yeah, uh, in Halo, for example, <laughs> the Infinite specifically, uh, your character can wear whatever the fuck color and outfit they want. And sometimes that could be confusing as shit because you have red team versus blue team, but everyone's pink, orange, brown, and yellow. And yeah. like, I, I think that's an ally or nope, just kidding. It wasn't. And I think <laughs> in that kind of game, it kind of fucks up it the happened. competitive aspect a little bit. Yeah, that did happen. <laughs> I've, I for uh, sure got people confused. So from it. like a color perspective, I think if you're going to have different outfits, it's fine, but maybe color code them a little bit towards whatever the hell team color you're supposed to be yeah <laughs> yeah like outlines are pretty good i think like the, that's what they did in halo yeah. yeah they would outline you they would but sometimes it didn't always work they gotta be strong if you're on the red team and you see a, a red guy uh, the outline isn't always gonna yeah. be triggered yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is a i think it's a complicated thing too uh, again yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head you said i think it does matter but it doesn't always matter I think there are some games where it matters more than others. In Siege, I'm kind of torn because on one hand, like when you go into a game, you see what they got. You know, you can you can see what your enemy team is once you scan them, see them, whatever. Um, but on the other hand, they got some skins that have been coming out recently that totally change how a character looks. Like my mind immediately goes to uh, one of the characters or a couple of the characters just got some anime skins from like near. Uh, one of the near games and it totally changes how the character looks and uh, on the other hand totally uh, side comment they look dumb when it comes to their face because they keep their face the same but it's like <laughs> it, it looks so stupid and i don't know if that's intending to like keep the character's identity there but at glance when you're fighting who's gonna fucking see that shit no one's gonna see it yeah. anyway I, I don't got yeah. vision like that but people are wiggling anyways yeah, yeah, well, yeah exactly. <laughs> the other thing is like in siege it doesn't really matter at a glance when you're in a fight like what a character is you're gonna know like oh i'm coming across ella and she's got this subset of guns and that's it not a lot of characters have powers that are gonna necessarily or like gadgets that are gonna impact a gunfight you know um something like overwatch i mean it's a testament to how well their art team does and yeah, i fucking i'm the biggest true. enemy for overwatch right now uh but i will say the fights being readable despite having such a huge spectrum of skins is a testament true. to their art team. I think that's absolutely amazing because you get into a Very fight true. with a tracer and they no look like tracer. a Lucio, it's going to be totally different the way you approach that fight, right? Yeah. And it's it's kind of bizarre, so you need to stay on top of it. I think in Call of Duty, there are two particular issues I see with skins that I think can really impact the game regardless of whether you're in competitive or not. And the first thing is in Call of Duty where it comes down to actual visibility. I mean, we all know the rose skin. We all know that shit where you could be in a half shadow and no one would see you. I mean, it, that, that game makes camouflage the easiest shit ever, especially in something like Warzone where there's a lot of shit to cover with your eyes. You know, um, it, it just becomes really hard to be able to see somebody. And if one person has easier sight lines than the other, just based on what skin you've got, you're going to suffer. Uh, and the other thing is uh, something that Apex is really fucking bad at, and it's the gun skins some guns have better iron sights or better sights on some of their like skin stuff than the other ones they're definitely 100 percent undeniably pay to win it's absurd and they're going through and they're fixing it because they realized it and they admitted that it's fucked up but it's true 
And if you're changing something with a skin that makes it easier for someone to kill somebody, that is the most absurd, stupid thing I've ever seen. And I've suddenly lost a, a million percent respect for your game. It's absurd. Any competitive integrity is just gone. Call of Duty definitely had some guns where the barrels would adjust or change the iron sight, and it would yep. make that gun far better. I mean, in, in Modern Warfare 2019 Warzone, I can't remember the name of the gun, but there was a gun where there, like, the, the original barrel was okay, but everyone switched to another barrel because it had, like, one little line, and it made it so much easier to kind of track yep. people. And so it's true. It is it, definitely true that that is a thing. Um, I will also say that I mean, in in Call of Duty, you you typically base your strategy on the like you said earlier the gun that each player chooses if you're playing competitive. Because there's always going to be an AR. There's always going to be uh, a flex. There's always going to be um, someone who who plays inside the hill as well. And so. Once you get killed by that person, you can tell what kind of gun they were using, and you know this character is using this gun. Therefore, you know when, when you, if you ever watch to, if you ever watch a uh, like a like a scrim, whenever Call of Duty players kill another player, they're not going to name the gun that the person. They're going to name that person's name. They're going to say, mm -hmm. "I got this person." That way, you know. Okay, got it. Their anchor's dead, so maybe maybe we can push spawn and try to get around them, or or they're gonna say, oh, I, I killed this person who you know always plays in the hill. Oh, this person always plays in the hill. He's dead. Okay, well maybe I can push in now. So it's a little bit different with Call of Duty. They'll they'll call out the players, whereas in other games like Overwatch, for example, you'll call out the character. Oh, I killed yeah. Mercy. I'm, I, I I killed Doom. You know, no healers. Tank's dead, you know, and and then yep. that way you can kind of change your your uh, your play style. Um, in Siege, you will call out the character, not the player's name, not their gun. You're gonna call out. I got Ella. I got Alibi. I got Lion. And that's why in Siege it's so important to know which specific person you kill, so that way you can say, okay, well since I got Ella. You know, we're, we're, we probably don't have to worry about an aggressive defender roaming around the map or yeah. I kill or I killed Kavera. So there's definitely no one <laughs> running around the map with silent footsteps trying to interrogate people. That kind of changes how you approach the game. Yep. So, you know, it, it definitely differs, you know, um, you know, on the game that you're playing. And even in the kill feed, like you can obviously see what character oh well i'm assuming i haven't even played siege truthfully but i'm assuming in a kill feed it would show like what fucking character died yeah and in siege the, the, the yeah. just a side sorry to interrupt but yeah. you can there's like a little bar on the screen where you can see oh. what characters are on yeah, either yeah. side and when you kill them their bar like their little section goes gray and they're you know they're gotcha. clearly dead so I, even if you run up and kill somebody and you don't know, you can look up and see. But it's also another action where you got to look away from the game. Exactly, it pulls you yeah. out of the flow. That was you gotta. Yeah. My next little follow-up is like, yes, you you knowing right away as you kill them to be able to say, "Hey, this thing is dead," versus I got to check and then you look and then say it. It doesn't seem like a lot of time, but shooters have this magical thing where one to two seconds can completely just ruin your life yep god um, timing brother it is it is such a just a, especially first person because in like a third person you kind of get a better field of view you kind of don't need to be right looking at a specific thing uh, but in a first person shooter if you your eyes look away from where your character is looking for even one second you will probably die 
because yep. fuck you. Yes. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that time you're spending to verify on the feed or the the tractor or whatever. Um, oh, this thing is dead. Oh, somebody could have ran by, and you're like, oh shit, I didn't see who that was because I was looking over here yeah. for some reason. And so it it definitely the theme basically. Uh, it it absolutely can matter. It can impact. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it won't always, but yeah. yeah Co- Co- Coyote in chat mentioned uh, the fact that Rook and Doc, there are some players who will roam in Siege with Rook and Doc, and they use for those who never played Siege, Rook and Doc are they're not roamers like by by design. They're very heavy, you know. They're 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 supposed to stay on site and kind of stay back, heal their team, or provide armor to their team, and uh, they used to give Rook and Doc. Uh, an ACOG scope with the with their MP5 SMG. Oh my god! So there were super sweaty players who would just because they had a 2.5 X scope on an SMG, they would just peak spawn. And so you're like, you know, you're, you're minding your business, like, oh, they don't have any roamers, and boom, you get headshot by a by a rook or a doc who's just roaming around the map. You're like, what the fuck? Like you're not like you're you're one speed character. Why are you roaming around the map? But the people would do that. I I, I can't lie. I did that. So I yeah, no, they they're you're dirty, brother. It's, it's definitely oh bro. It's Listen, fun, man. You, if anyone here has ever knocked out a window to shoot someone coming from the exactly. spawn, I exactly. hate you. I hate you. I literally I okay and I can't say I haven't either, but I every time yeah. I, I've only I've done okay. I've done it less times than I can count on one hand, and that's that's the only thing that lets me sleep at night. Knowing that, is that <laughs> I do it when it is absolutely necessary. Otherwise, if you do that shit for fun, you got a special place in hell. That, that was me. I was a troll, man. I was a troll. I yeah, yeah. After a while, I mean, like, like, like you know, you you kind of you you hop into a siege lobby and you or you load the map like like a private map just just. To run around and realize, all right, I'm gonna knock all these windows open and see which That's one awful, brother. You're, you're digging a grave right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me. I used to do that shit, man. Dude, the dumbest thing though is every time that shit happens to me, I get so mad. But then it locks me in, and I, I swear I win 95% of those games hey. because I get so upset that I'm like, I. I'm like, kid, you suck so bad that you got to do this shit to me. I am going to turn on 100% skill. I'm going to unlock that last 10% of my brain, and I'm going to shit down your throat so bad that you're going to go crying to your mom. I'm going to oh show you what happens when you fucking try to take me on, brother. And I just win the game because I shit on him because I'm mad because it's stupid. Okay? So, I don't know. Like, good, good kill. Good luck when I get 10 returning, you know? As long as you're angry and focused and not angry and frustrated... Yeah, um, that's a very, very different level of anger. Where your tilt level, yep. and then you just run into stupid yeah. shit that will never kill you. Yep. You're just mad. But <laughs> very true, very true, very yep. true. Oh yeah. So, so now uh, let, let's let's uh, make make another shift here. So, I know we've we've been talking about so far, you know, loadouts versus skins and and just the the community itself like what will actually make some of these things better when you when you think about like the the glory days of some some shooters in this case we'll say call of duty um hard point is like, like like i mentioned earlier is the most popular game mode everyone always focuses on that like that is that is quintessential call of duty what is the most impactful role in a competitive shooter 
and I guess we'll 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 start with Call of Duty. We'll start we'll, we'll start with Hardpoint. So what what would you guys say is the most important role? And maybe maybe first we should we should talk about the roles, right? So we know there's there, there's an anchor, anchor who who's responsible for kind of holding spawns in the back, kind of making sure that the enemy team can't get around their team. Uh, there's the flex player, which kind of plays whatever role is necessary at that time. Yeah. Uh, then you have a slayer. The slayer is a guy who's by far the best shooter on the team, knows how to get kills, even in like unfortunate situations. And the guy that plays in the hill, I don't know why I can't remember. Who's the guy that plays on the OBJ? There we go. The OBJ. Uh, so what what would you guys say is the most impactful role in a in hard point? I'm a, I'm gonna say something that's gonna shut this all down, and I'm sorry, but it's got to be done. I think I think the reason we have all those roles is because they're all independently important of one another. I think that the reason that they all exist is because everyone's got a job, and if one person doesn't do their job, then everything will fall apart. Unless you've got some well, and the thing is, is Maybe the role there is that, that I'm thinking of is Slayer. Because if one person in those other things doesn't do their job, it comes down to the rest of the team to work harder to make that come together. And if your Slayer is the person that's going to be able to just get kills and pull a game back from the brink of defeat just based on skill and mechanics alone, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe I'm biased because I, I always play Slayer in everything that I do because I, I am pretty mechanically you know good at a lot of these games. So. Maybe that's just me being biased and and trying to pat myself on the back, but I do think that all of the roles are I, are pretty equally important. I think there's there's two ways to look at the question. Um, one being what's more important as a role, which is not obviously yeah, they're all important. If one person fucks up, another person, at least one other person, will probably suffer from will it. Struggle, yeah. but I think the way I choose to try to rationalize it is which role is like if you're going to have four good people, but one person is your clear best player at whatever thing, like which role would you want your best player to be in? Um, Or alternatively, what's the easiest thing to teach somebody so that you know that that role is covered? Um, Because Things like Anchor. Anchor, I think, is the easiest to learn because um, all you have to know is map rotation and how to stand there and aim at something. Um, there's not... Now, it still matters to land your shots and to make sure you rotate at the right time, so obviously it's important, um, but it's it's easy. It's easy to learn. It's not. There's nothing mechanically <laughs> difficult about standing in a spot at the right time. Um, Slayer, obviously getting those numbers up, getting the kills, controlling mid, um, is that requires a lot of just doing it. <laughs> Nobody's going to jump into a game and instantly be able to murder everyone. And then objective is also, depending on the game mode, in this case, hard point, um, is also very difficult because you have to be able to quickly adjust to two to three different locations at any given time uh, like look in that direction to say at any given time, because um, most of the time, if the opponents are smart, they're not going to just keep running the same way at you because that's stupid. So, but then that's where the Slayer comes in again. So, it, to me, it's kind of like a tie between OBJ and Slayer or your flex position, kind of both. 
Um, because the if everything is going well, um, you have to know be able to stay alive as an objective player. That's like kind of the key thing. Is like your kills help, obviously help you stay alive, but just not dying is probably the most important aspect of it. Um, and that's very, I think that's very difficult to like really teach people how to do um, in, in a very high paced or fast paced environment. Um, however, even if you're the best OBJ in the world, if your Slayer or your mid player dies, now you have to watch an additional angle that was originally covered, um, which means you'll probably die anyway. So, like, I, I think anchors at the very least. The, not the least important, but the least, like, difficult. It's the most accessible, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I anyone you. can learn Anchor, and I don't think it's ever... Mm. Like, I would I would never have an issue where I'm like... I Like, literally, even if it's I was in a random lobby, I'm like, hey, guys, stand right here. And they're like, all right, cool. And then I'll go run in and do, <laughs> do what I gotta do. But I can't really be like, hey, go jump on the hill, because then everyone's just gonna run straight at it and die. I'm like, okay, well, that yeah. didn't work. <laughs> so we've yeah. talked a lot about like the about what makes a player good right what makes a player naturally talented what makes them overall good at a game without me giving any sort of input here what do you guys think makes uh, a really good competitive like call of duty player for example what what goes into being a, like if you look at a list of professional players and you pick out some of the best to ever do it what do you think makes them the best is it raw skill is it is it a combination of things maybe it's specifically game sense and knowledge what do you think definitely i think number one is awareness um i think if you can recognize what's going on on the map even without people calling out every two seconds um you're infinitely better than the the guy who's not going to understand and kind of so i guess it's sort of game sense um the 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 way the the flow of the match should go but also just being aware of everything around you um it doesn't matter how good you shoot if you're not going to turn to check the corner that you know somebody's (laughs) going to be in Um, yeah so i think awareness is probably the most important statistic or it's like an untracked thing but (laughs) there's a quote that i always say Apex laughs at it. It's a game sense sold separately. I say it all the time (laughs) in FPS games. And Overwatch, Paladins, Call of Duty, I say it all the time because there are a lot of players who, like, you have the opportunity to get that kill, but your dumbass wasn't paying attention to the kill feed. You weren't paying attention to your team's callouts. Therefore, you're now dead. You're now in the spawn waiting to come back. So, a game sense is number one. Or anything whoever has the best game sense you're gonna be you know because the, the thing about it is like the, the the skill comes with the game sense you're gonna naturally get better at playing the game over time because your game sense is improving over and over and over again and people are willing people who are willing to work on their mechanics you know shooting bots in the lobby all this good stuff for you know hours on end you're gonna just get better so yeah i mean it's game sense man it's number one. Oh yeah i think so too i, I think definitely like Obviously, all of them have some sort of unique impact on what makes someone a legendary player in a game. Because um, obviously, I mean, you can have all the game sense in the world, and if you can't fucking shoot somebody, I mean, <laughs> good, good yeah. luck. Yeah. But I yeah. think I think on every team ever, like, there's a reason captains are the ones that understand the game the best. There's a reason why they make the shots, why they call the games, and it's because 
you have to, I mean, it goes beyond being able to shoot somebody. If you, you know, you can shoot people amazing, but if you don't know where to be at the right time, you're not going to be putting that skill to use the best you could. And so I think, yep. yeah, if there is a most important one, I'd probably agree that it is game sense, but you got to kind of have all of them a little bit. You do, um, definitely. I, I do see we're going on almost an hour, so let's let's ask one last question here that I think we've kind of touched on in the past, and we, we touched on it earlier this episode too, and I think it's a good way to kind of work our way out of here. Um, what do you guys think is the best way to do ranked in an FPS game? Um, you know, there's individual MMR sometimes, uh, other games are very dependent on win loss with, uh, with an MMR in the background, um, not thinking about FPS games here, but you know, like league of legends, one of the most successful, like ranked systems in a game ever successful, you know, with quotes, depending on who you ask, um, you know, they've, they've been all over the place. They used to have an MMR in your face that you could see. And then it, you know, took a backseat to, to actual rankings, this and that. Well, what do you guys think of, of your experience specifically? would make for like the best FPS rank system. I think Ooh. I think obviously winning and losing matters, but <laughs> it's kind of, you know, the point. But yeah. I think having your performance impact how much you gain or lose is probably the most important part of a ranked situation. Yeah. Um but that's only really viable in certain games because a lot of times games don't have a way to track how impactful you were. They're just going to look at your raw numbers. And yeah. if anyone's played any competitive game, you know damn well the numbers never tell the full story. Uh, in Black Ops 2, I was you know rank 1 Master Division every fucking season. Um, but I only had like a 1.5. 1.5 KD and people who play pubs are like I have like a 3.2 and shit and then they lose and it's because I mean one I was an objective player so like Smart, being on the hill I'm going to die a lot but um, but two it's like the the scoreboard's not going to show the full story because you might see that oh I had 19 kills and 17 deaths but 15 of those 19 kills were like very pivotal location based kills or you know <laughs> and the mm -hmm. game doesn't have a way to track how important a kill was in any given moment um it's just gonna know oh you got this many kills so like i think if a game could have a better way of ranking you based on not only your your numbers but also on like your positioning on um different supportive things then individual performance would be the best way but it's very difficult to tell a robot how to know <laughs> when you're in the right spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like, eh. It, so Win-loss exclusively is terrible. I think yeah. that is the worst way to go. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. It's, it's too easy. In, in a game like Overwatch, for example, I think that it's easy to make such a decision based on individual MMR uh, whereas the game on Call of Duty, it's uh, it's tough. For example, I think I can understand a game on Call of Duty being part like partially MMR versus partially win loss. Um, my I I played a lot of Overwatch competitive over the last you know few months, and I could not tell you how many times I've been like right now with my support character. I like go go three, and when I get to goal three. 
my stats outweigh all the supports on my team and all the, also on the other team. I always yep. do better than the supports, you know, in my lobbies. However, my damage, like first round, one of my damages will have like 400 damage, like bro, we're gold four. Like, how do you only have 400 damage? You know, and and I'll see that player off on the other side of the map just getting shit on. And like, I'll try to get <laughs> over there and help the guy, but like. Like his his positioning is so terrible that like you know he's just bringing on the rest of the team, and oftentimes we won't talk shit. We'll be like, hey though, stay with the team. Like don't don't go off by yourself. Like come come yeah. with us. And they're not gonna listen. They're just gonna keep running off by themselves, <laughs> getting destroyed, and and then and then we lose as a result, and that affects my ability to rank up. Um, and then once I go from gold four to like gold five, I destroy everyone. Like no <laughs> yeah. one's even close to me. And yeah. I go right back to go four, maybe hit to go three, and then we go right back. and and so um, I'm I understand the win loss side of it. Like you know, you winning is important, right? That that shows something very important. But it's it it can be really annoying when you're like I'm like not even like no one in this lobby is even close to my skill level yeah. because I'm playing by myself. I don't that the communication isn't there. You know, they, they call it ELO hell, actually, in Overwatch. Uh, they, they say that gold rank is ELO hell. Yeah. And, it, and, I, and I have to say, it's true. It is. It, and it, Platt's pretty bad, too. I, I've been all the way up to Diamond Man. It's, 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 it's ELO hell. It is, 100%. Especially because, like, you get a bunch of shitters that get to gold, and more so they get to Platt. And then they start thinking, oh, actually, I'm not that bad at this game. I'm, I'm not too bad. I, I'm past the, the fucking overwhelming average. But they still suck. That's the thing. The average mm-hmm. sucks. And you get above the average, that'll mean shit, brother. Like, you're fucking yeah. bad. And that means that they're <laughs> going to be toxic. You're going to get people popping into lobbies that start fucking getting shit on. And then their their fragile ego shatters. And suddenly they're no use to you. They're a rock. Yeah. And that kind of sure. pins into something that, that I'm thinking of. And it's that i get that wins and losses and your ability to play with a team are are important to an overall experience in a team-based game but i will say i don't think it helps anybody when someone that is mechanic wise diamond level is stuck at you know a gold or platinum level because teammates are realistically just so bad and you obviously you're gonna be able to influence it a little bit um you know being better means that you're probably going to win a a greater percentage of games a a small percentage i'm sure but a greater percentage of games than people otherwise especially when that discrepancy in in roles or ranks gets different you know you're going to see a much greater increase of someone that's diamond level than someone that's like bronze level whatever um and for that reason i i think that I think that individual skill should have such a huge impact on on ranking because the thing is is if you rank someone based on your team then you are essentially inflating that rank with information that will become irrelevant right after that game because you are basing it on teammates that you will never play with again on an experience that is unique to that game that will not be impactful but if you individually perform very well then you could be expected to be placed into a game with other diamond players to perform as well as possible, as opposed to getting placed in a game where someone gets carried or boosted or whatever up to the top. And that's, that's it. Cause that's the thing, you know, people are getting boosted through a lot of these games and because their individual experience does not matter as much as their team experience, it becomes a totally different situation. Yeah. Um, 
But now in terms of like ranking people individually, I think we kind of landed on it earlier. And it's that if, if there was a way to rank game sense alongside mechanics, I think that you would have maybe the best ranking system of all time. And I think we're getting closer. I think AI might go a long way in helping to identify a lot of these patterns and making a better ranking system in some of these games. Um, but just off the top of your heads, if we were to sit down and, and make an FPS game that was going to have, in our opinion, the best ranked game of all time, what approach would you guys take to track something like that? To, to be all encompassing, to include game sense. I mean, how, how would you track something like that? Well, Does anyone have I mean, any ideas? We've had heat maps in games yep. for fucking, what, 15 plus years now? Yeah. Um, that alone gives you a pretty good idea of where people should be at any given time. Like, I, we're going to touch on hardpoint forever, I guess. But in hardpoint, the hills <laughs> are on very specific timers. We know that this will be in this location for your two minutes or whatever they decide the time is. And then it'll go to this specific location for another, etc. If you literally, the heat maps alone will tell you where are people dying at what time. Yeah. Which then, if you feed it into some kind of AI software, it could say, was this person in an opportune location to be looking at where these people die at this time? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm not a, I don't know shit about coding or any of that, but I, I <laughs> there's got to be a self-sufficient way to like look at the stuff we've had forever, feed it into an algorithm and then base your character's performance on said algorithm. Um, and the ultimate ranked question also is like, we need having your individual MMR is fantastic. I think that's a really good thing to do, but I don't think it should be tied to your rank. I think they should be two separate things. Um, and if you're doing like 5v5 lobby, like you have a full party, then your rank, I think, should be looked at a little more. Um, but if you're playing, if you're solo queuing, I don't care if I'm gold and this person's diamond. If our individual separate MMR are similar enough level, let me play with those people. Yeah. And if I do well, then the game can know, oh shit, he should be this high and I should get a huge boost in my rank. They should be two yeah. separate things, but they should also talk to each other a lot you think we should get rid of ranks <laughs> i don't think we should so... get rid of ranks but i think i think our mmr should be focused on who we play with instead of the rank i think the rank should be more of a title or a reward uh, not the determining factor of who you play with yeah I, i'm gonna be honest i think and i'm gonna keep this short i think ranks are yet again uh progression tied like brainwashing thing i think that yeah. people constantly get into a rank game and they're like oh my god i really need to go for diamond four like it, it becomes like a like a fucking you know a, a milestone a goal whatever it's it's something you need that's vanity based and i agree it, it should be vanity based the thing is is coming from like the chess world and i know it's the stupidest thing we're talking about shooting games and we're like look at chess but chess has worked on an elo based system with you know which is essentially kind of like mmr um and it still allows you to have a pretty accurate idea of where people sit mechanically like someone will say oh i'm 1300 chess elo and you're like oh you're pretty fucking good at the game then um and it, it is a little bit more complicated than something like gold or diamond but i'm, I'm not really sure 
Because you get a lot of situations where people get toxic because someone will be in a game where it's like a gold lobby and someone's diamond. Or you'll be in a diamond lobby and someone's gold. And one way or another, you're like, oh, someone's getting boosted or, you know, something's weird. Or you'll just look at that gold player and you'll be like, holy fuck, this guy sucks just because he's in gold. Whereas his individual MMR might be higher, but you're like, well, why the fuck are you still in gold? No matter what, I'm going to clown you. Like... Yeah, <laughs> I think that's why things like Valorant, even though there's websites that tell you anyways and apps, yeah. but things like Valorant that don't show your rank until after the match, that's, I think, an important thing. Yep. I don't think we should show our ranks to people necessarily, but I think we should. That's why I say it should be more like a medal or like an achievement. Like, yeah. Hey, good job. You got this high. But for matchmaking purposes, the MMR should be the only thing that matters. Yeah, honestly, I think... The, I think a best system might be kind of like a mix of both, where you've got an MMR score. Or honestly, like, I mean, Overwatch does this, don't they? Where you have a number, and that number, when you go up past a certain threshold, you get ranked up. It, it used to be. It, it, Overwatch Is it, it's different like, now? Overwatch 2, now you play like five, like, you keep playing until you win five or seven, whatever the oh number God, is, times, and the then it, it'll change your rank based on your win-loss of that split, basically. I hate that, man. I, <laughs> I think so that... There should be a system where it's like, cool, you passed the 2200 ELO threshold, you're diamond now. Everyone that passes that is diamond either until they they decay to a certain rate or maybe a new season starts because yeah. you've proved that you can play at that level. There you go. You're or maybe it's even like you pass the threshold and you have to stay there for three games and then you get granted the rank. Um, But, you know, that that's better established as like a as a, a vanity thing as a, a an accomplishment like cool you unlocked fucking diamond brother you made it up here you've proved you can play with the best you're chilling yeah. you're you're in the sauce whatever but it, keeping it where it is now where it's i mean i feel like we play too hard into it like league and apparently overwatch now have the fucking promotion systems and shit like god i i don't know if i've ever met anyone that really thought a promotion system was a good or worthy idea and something like that Especially when in all promo games they give you like the most difficult lobby in the planet. Yeah, yeah like, fuck I'm, that. It's like I'm promoting from silver to gold, and I'm playing against like high plat, low diamonds. I'm not yeah. really sure how this is supposed to test me. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> Juice, what are you thinking? What's your what would you put into your ideal rank game mode? Ideal rank game mode. Um, damn. It's a hard question, man. It is a hard question. I mean, I mean, assuming assuming that we're talking about FPS, I mean, we're 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 talking about how you would determine someone's rank specifically, correct? Yeah, this is like when you go into ranked. If you had to lay out what the perfect ranked experience for you would be, like, say they were yeah. explaining COD Modern Warfare 3's league play. Well, I mean, what would be ideal? What do you think would work the best to really accurately track someone's? Aggression? I would want something. I would want something that's going to make Black Ops 2's uh league play where it is more skill based um if there is a way to track uh okay in overwatch for example whenever you're playing a game you and you press tab you can see your damage of course and your healing but to the right of that you will see other statistics that the you know scoreboard doesn't show yeah like with like with anna it'll show you how much healing you've prevented using your anti-nade yep. it'll show you how much healing you've enabled using your anti-nade uh, as well so 
I would like a way to show those things and let those things calculate into your MMR as a result. If yeah. you're landing more, if you if you have if you're an OBJ, like let's say you're using an SMG, and you have a lot of uh, like tactical or lethal grenade damage. Okay, maybe you should be a higher rate because you know how to use more than just your gun to get into the hill. Uh, yeah. If you if you're an OBJ player and you happen to have a lot of a lot of hill time. You should have a higher rank because you know how to stay inside the hill. Players who know how to stay inside the hill should be rewarded for their ability to stay inside the hill. Yeah. Maybe you have a team of good anchors and good slayers, good mid slayers who are helping you stay in the, in the hill. That's possible, but that's going you're going to get exposed eventually once you get to a certain rank. And so you know your ranks will kind of help you balance out. Like, oh, okay, well this is, you know, I've I've been doing so well with my team staying in the hill up until I got to platinum. And then my team just had a tougher time keeping me alive in the hill. So now I have yeah. to do, I have to work harder on my own to stay in the hill. Can I keep up or am I, or am I going to fall off? Right. And that's where, yeah. you know, those, those things will, will, will be impacted. Every role has an impact. And, and so maybe, you know, maybe it, I, I think Overwatch could, could, could be the greatest example of there. There's literally a competitive role base queue. Yep. So why not say, fuck the wins and losses and say, okay, well, what's important with support? How good are you healing? How much healing do you do per 10 minutes? Yep. It, it calculates so much shit. And you yep. can see it in your, in your career profile. So why not let those things determine what your actual MMR is? Yes, sir. I, I think we're all kind of hitting on something that I, I think is really important to this that we haven't really called out yet. I think overall score should maybe be tied to impact. I think mm -hmm. impact is a really strong idea because the impact you have on your map is not just going to be how mechanically you know active or good you are at a game. It's going to be your game sense. Uh, you know, in an ideal world, if if you are on a map, because the thing is, is no matter what, say you have like a hard point game, and there's an objective on the map you're playing around, and some people would say, oh well, make sure you're on the objective, make sure you're around the objective. But what about the roamers? that are out around the map. But, you know, that's really big in Siege. Uh, you've got people that are maybe not in a place you would expect them to be, but still making an impact on the map based on picks, on on information gathering, things like that, because the game's a little slower. You know, in COD, you're not going to gather a lot of information outside of base shit. But yeah. I, I think if there was a way to track in these games your impact on a map, like if you are around the map and you go you know, up behind them and you get a couple kills because they weren't expecting it. That's impact because then they can't push onto the, onto the objective, whatever else. If you are on the objective with a teammate and your teammate's holding a really key position and you are rotating around to kill people as they make their way in to make, you know, give them a little bit of a defense, you should have impact. If you're in something like Overwatch and you're healing people really well and you're keeping your team on point and you are the deciding factor in why you do not lose that point in that moment, you should gain impact. And so I, I feel like if, if a game came out and were able to take all of these different data points in and calculate an overall amount of impact on the map, regardless of whether you're maybe not even the most mechanically skilled player on the map, if you made the most impact, I'd argue we're still a more important player. I think sure. also for the, in Black Ops 2, the anchor player on your team would always rank up the slowest <laughs> because they are <laughs> yeah, the, the most from the, the least. hill. Yep. They are not yeah. going to see nearly as many people. So they'll yeah. every game the anchor has the least amount of score, the least amount of kills. The but least they got great interaction. Impact, 
But if they could track how many times did a teammate spawn because you were standing somewhere. Yep. <laughs> or like I don't know how they would because like obviously yeah. if you're staying in a bad spot, then it's just oh your teammate spawned on you. But like yep. they would I don't know. If 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 they could somehow track the sort of off hill roles and more like why they are there. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Nico would play anchor with I was playing OBJ in Black Ops Two, and I would get to ma- I would place platinum because you couldn't place master, and then I'd play one game and it'd be like master. But then he would have to play like seven more games, and then he'd eventually get there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it's like it they there's little things like spawned ally in an ideal location to the proximity of the hill. Uh, <laughs> like if they, it's like very convoluted i guess but there there's no there's infinite amounts of technology they can track this shit so there's yeah. there's no reason yeah. that they if they truly cared about a, a good ranking system somebody could yeah uh, and this is only really an issue in team-based games obviously in your your 1v1 games yeah then it's, it's totally pretty crazy. impactful on if you win or lost that makes yeah. way more i mean sense. that's that's how chess <laughs> landed on that yeah. shit ages ago man it's it's yeah the it's the 1v1 game you know in, in uh, 1v1 win loss is the only thing that should matter. I don't give a fuck how you got there. If you beat this person, you're better than them. Go up. But yeah, it's in, skill. In, okay. in a team, it's like there's so many little things of what you could have done or did did or didn't do. Yeah, like... yeah. <laughs> I agree. True. Okay, now to wrap everything up real quick, what new FPS games are coming out that you guys are excited about, if any? Modern Warfare Three campaign. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward Hope to X Defiant, good. honestly. Yeah, I was gonna say I never I didn't play any of the betas or anything for X Defiant. I didn't I haven't really looked up anything about it other than trying to find if there's a release date. But I know a Next lot month, of people that are, I guess, involved in the old competitive Call of Duty scene yep. are also involved with making said yeah. game. Dude, Dave Rubin and is killing it over there. He's a couple of videos I saw it. it it looked fun and it's I, good i want to play it <laughs> it's i don't know if it's the greatest fps game i've ever played but i've been in a lot of the tests i've seen how the game has evolved i've seen how honestly one of the things i'm most excited about with it is the team is just so you know their their finger is on it on the pulse of that game and, and on the community too if the community doesn't like something they will not sit there and play the pride game and be like no we're you know we have the numbers we know you're wrong they'll say listen we get it you guys want this it makes sense to us. We'll do it. the The maps are pretty good. Um, I think the gunplay feels good. Uh, I know a lot of different creators that are really in on it that I think will give it that boost off the rip that it'll need. I don't know if it can compete with a Modern Warfare three, especially because you know the beta is coming out this month, and when Modern Warfare three comes out, it might bankrupt that game. But I think it looks good. I think it's got potential. And it's gonna be free to play, right? Yeah, they're gonna put up. Yeah, free to play with yeah. uh, microtransactions and stuff, which is gonna be huge in itself because I don't know if we've ever had a really solid, like, arcade arena based shooter that's been free to play. The only one I played that was like, okay, it's like Warface. Uh, there's one called Iron Sight that's like, mm. it's alright. It yeah, I, I should like say Iron Sight was cool. of cards. It's not bad. Iron Sight was cool. Of, right. Yeah, I should say <laughs> yeah. that we haven't had a good Western one. China's had a couple. They've they've had a, a couple that did really well. Um, I've always no, never mind. That's a discussion for another fucking episode. We're at the end. <laughs> yeah, X Defiant. I think is good. I I love and... the idea of EFT Arena. 
I don't think that's a competitive game at all. And I think that it could be though. And uh, Battle State is fucking that game up. But I, I think Arena is going to be fun.